I like the idea of um, it said it said you were back in the green room. I like the idea of like shoving you back in the green room and then <laughs> and then dragging you back on stage again. Oh my god. Okay, so should we get going? We might as well. We should probably uh, burn through this one. <laughs> yeah, this might be one of those oops, no bullshit episodes. Like you, like you just, you know, you you kind of teased it and it happened uh, in the last one of the last couple episodes. The uh, the episode that I still have yet to put out because I can't download a good version of Adobe Audition. I have yet to put it out because I have yet to put it together because I, I'm currently recording my track on Audacity, and like while I I can edit like quick and dirty stuff on audacity it's oh my god it's like microsoft paint yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) well let me know if you need me to do it because i still have all that stuff here i wish i could let you borrow my adobe 1.5 cd like the old days but unfortunately it's (laughs) well well here's the thing i don't even have a cd drive yeah so (laughs) you'd have to go like buy an external one from best buy then return it (laughs) after you're done (laughs) using it um but yeah, let me know if you need me to do anything. I got I got time and whatever until we okay. uh, leave this weekend. So, um, all right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 10, the finale, the baptism. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? Oh, wait, this is the massage. Last episode was the baptism. And what's the deal with stuff from... <laughs> that episode uh i recognize the guy that played the homeless guy at the end mark his name is mark boone jr and he's currently 67 born in 55 american character actor best known for his tv roles as bobby munson in sons of anarchy he was on that show for six years he looks like a great sons of anarchy actor i gotta say although i never watched that show this is where i recognized him from a pat brown from last man on earth so he's one of the fellow last people on earth that um what's his name seth is it no it's yeah it is damn it why can't i think of his name the guy who was on that (laughs) show that was so great did you ever watch that by the way i never did no oh man are you talking about the main character um yeah with the main character yeah oh will forte will forte i don't know why i was saying seth (laughs) uh yeah will forte um (laughs) Uh, yeah, so one of the, one of the guys who was also one of the last people on Earth uh, in that show, which is great, and I also recognized him because this has been on TV for some reason a bunch. He plays Officer Jim Gordon's corrupt partner Arnold Flass in Batman Begins. Oh my god! Yeah, and he's also in. Uh, he's worked with Nolan twice. He's also in Memento, although I don't remember him from that. He also was in Die Hard Two, and he's in Too Fast, Too Furious. He plays another corrupt cop in Seven, the uh, the great. Uh, you know, controversy noted, but Kevin Spacey and uh, Brad Pitt flick from back in the day. He moved to New York after college. He went to the University of Vermont and he started his career performing stand-up comedy with his longtime friend, Steve Buscemi. Oh my just God. An, I know, just an odd connection that I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> Anytime you find out that famous people knew each other before they were famous. Uh, his stage, by the way, Steve Buscemi, I just listened to his WTF. Did you hear it? It's great. It's awesome. Uh, I may have. Is it? It's from last it year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I probably listened to it last year. Yeah, but you, you, he talks about his background in comedy, um, which is funny, you know, because you don't really. I mean, you, he's a funny actor, but you just don't see him being like a stage, like sketch performer or stand up guy. But he did like kind of all of the above in these weird variety shows and stuff. It was really interesting. But don't listen to that. Listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
his his stage surname Boone is also his nickname. He chose it from a New York City War Memorial. I don't know why, but uh, you also I don't also don't agree with choosing your own nickname. I don't think <laughs> it it just seems like an impossible task. Um, anytime I've tried it in the past, and uh, so yeah, but it, it's also weird because his name is spelled out Junior Mark Boone Junior, and that's not even his name. So he just like added the Junior part. But I bet that was already a Mark Boone in the uh, in SAG at the time so he probably had to add something to it uh he was also in the game he's in over 70 movies always as kind of like either a corrupt cop or a bum i think uh because in the game he plays shady private investigator and if i could plug another podcast at the movies with low and mo did a great episode on the game and uh i I enjoyed revisiting that movie because i loved it the first time i saw it in theaters way back when it was released in the 90s he's in a really bad movie that i love called john carpenter's vampires uh, with James Woods, he's uncredited as New York guy in Armageddon. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on, give him the credit. He's New York guy. You can't tell that story without New York guy. Uh, he's in. I still know what you did last summer as pawn shop owner, and more recently he was in The Mandalorian as Ranzar Malk in Chapter Six, The Prisoner. I don't remember uh, seeing him in that, All but right. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll take your word for it. So basically, if we if we want to do a movie for Patreon now, this guy just unlocked like everything ever made because he's Hell in a ton of stuff. Hell yes! Hell and, yes! And bonus, he is. I would love to do vampires. By the way, I don't know if anybody else from Seinfeld or Curb is in it, but uh, I would love to tackle that. He uh, he is in Seinfeld as OTB patron in the subway in season three, episode thirteen. I also didn't recognize him from that, but uh, evidently he had already unlocked a lot of movies for us, and we didn't even know it. Uh, what about the actor who played Becky's fiance? Well, fiance no more at the end of that episode, Mark. Uh, his name is Mitchell Whitfield. He's best known for his roles, and I should have recognized him from this. He's Barry Farber in Friends, Rachel's orthodontist ex-fiance. He's in a ton of episodes of that show, always <laughs> pops up. I think he's in the first episode. I could be oh, wrong about man. that. But yeah, I, I definitely recognize him from that, uh, who leaves, uh, who Rachel left at the altar on their wedding day. Uh, he stars opposite Ralph Macchio as Stan Rothstein in My Cousin Vinny. So that was a huge role from him back in 92. He is in one of the worst movies I've ever seen called Best Men from 1997. He plays Saul Jacobs. This movie, I remember, man, it's the, it sucks when you... I think I remember every time I've picked a movie to watch that I've never seen before and then it turns out to be shitty, like with Friends... And then you're like, I'm sorry. You feel like it's your fault that the movie's so bad. And in a way it is. Like, this is definitely one of those. Because I saw this cast and I was like, whoa. It's got Sean Patrick Flannery, Luke Wilson, Andy Dick, Fred Ward, Drew Barrymore, and Dean Kane. So keep in mind, this is 97, Ted. All right? <laughs> so, so picture yourself. You know, you're a sophomore in high school and all those people are still big stars. And it's about a bunch of groomsmen who get tangled up in a bank robbery on Luke Wilson's character's wedding day to Drew Barrymore. And I'm like, that sounds cool. And the trailer was great. And then we rented the, I rented the movie and watched it with a couple friends. And it was like, just like laugh out loud, horrible. Maybe, maybe we enjoyed it because it was so bad, but it was just like really just the, it was, there's a reason I think it was direct to video Uh, because I found it in Blockbuster and I was like, man, why haven't I ever heard of this movie? This looks amazing. Uh, and, um, yeah, and when I finally rented it, it was, uh, it was awful, but he's in it. Oh, it has 13% on the tomometer, the tomato, nice. the tomato-mometer. Yeah. 13%. <laughs> I should throw that in. Um, 
And in 2007, he is in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think the full-on reboot movie, as the voice of Donatello. Oh, damn. Well, okay. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's everything we needed to know about him. And the uh, so that's all the homework we had. Here are some trivia and tidbits. At 2131, the camera t- cuts to a wide shot of Cheryl and Larry driving, and you can see a crew member in the back seat who then ducks his head very fast to try not to get caught on camera. <laughs> I did not notice that, but go back and check it out if you want to. And also, in the goof, from the goof section, I guess, uh, in the special thanks section of the end credits, County of Ventura is misspelled as Country of Ventura. And... I sure hope somebody got fired tisk, for that blunder. How, tisk, tisk. How My could God. you? <laughs> uh, now, let us consult the book. In this episode from the baptism. Wow, this is a long one. The stolen answering machine message storyline came from Larry David's friend, Bill Sheft. I guess this is Bill talking. I used to have an outgoing message on my answering machine. <laughs> Hello, this is Bill Sheft. Your screened phone message is very important to me. Thank you. Larry used to say to me, I love that message. Like, I love few things. So it's kind of funny that you're saying it's screened and you're and you're not going to pick up, you know. So that is funny. I, I I I agree. In like the second year of the show, he called me up and asked he could possibly use the message in a curb episode. I said sure because everything is grist. So I was very flattered. So he was going to use my message in the show, but he never did because I think what happened was he didn't want to deal with me having anything over him. The point is, I said <laughs> that I said use the message. I would be very flattered, and he figured out a way to not do it and yet make the same point. He worked oh my, my name in, God. though. When he comes into his office and the secretary says, Bill Sheft called, he says you can call him back any time. I always thought that was his way of saying thanks. I would imagine it, it is. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's actually really cool. <laughs> uh, Christopher Darga, man in airport number one, played the limo driver in the Seinfeld episode in which Elaine pretends to be deaf. Oh wow. Wait a minute. That's. Wait a minute. Doesn't he also play? No, wait. I'm, I'm mixing up. Why don't I remember Man in Airport Number One? Oh, he's the guy who calls him a douche, a douchebag, right? Like this is my ticket. I think that's the guy because I remember that actor. Um, so I'm gonna guess that's him, Man in Airport Number One, and played the limo driver. Which I just saw that limo driver episode. It's crazy. It was on like Comedy Central or something like <laughs> that. Uh, what were they thinking? Oh, here's Christopher Darga, Man in Airport Number One. God, if see if I if I I like discovering things with everybody so i don't read these ahead of time but if i'd only looked just a little bit further i would have realized here's what christopher darga was thinking i made up that fucking douchebag line on the spot i don't i remember larry oh broke. my god <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> and i remember larry broke and i was like wow i made larry david laugh they also let me use my real name which i thought was cool the line what's that name right there is it your name no it's mine chris darga see if it was yours it would say fucking douchebag so and that's a great example of something we hypothesized what happened was that somebody would improv a line somebody would break and they would go but use it use that line again and i won't you know i won't break this time so it does happen richard lewis says it was a oh how timely is this it was a heat wave in la and they scheduled me to come at rush hour to do the scene where i accused larry of stealing my message the air conditioner in my car was out it took me three hours to get to the set and when i get there larry's sitting in his air conditioning office making calls by the time I arrived, I had rashes. I was a mental case. I walked in and oh said to the makeup God. woman, where is he? I want no makeup. I was in this heavy suit, naturally, because that's, <laughs> that's always Richard Lewis. That's what he always wears. I walked in and Larry started laughing because he saw how angry I was. And I swear I was ready to walk. I was like Betty Davis Lewis. 
I don't get the reference, but not worried yeah. about it. <laughs> any any relation? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm guessing he says uh, maybe he's Betty just talking Davis about was... Betty Davis, but yeah. Betty Davis Lewis. Yeah, I okay. was Betty Davis Lewis. I guess she was infamous for walking off sets. That's what I'm going to oh. get from context okay. clues here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. Why not? I said, if you're so hell bent and honest, let's do it. I did the scene in one take, and I put in what I was feeling, which was, how dare you make me rush over here? <laughs> Uh, Larry David said, I've noticed that it's predominantly the Jews that make others convert. It's more important to the Jews in terms of the conversion. It's also weird to take on Christian beliefs after so many years. All of a sudden it's, hey, I believe that this woman gave birth to this baby without having sex. (laughs) (laughs) So that is all from the book. Aptly, after that last little bit of what were they thinking, you may be seated. Um, Do we have any news or anything? I don't think so. I, I, I guess since we don't know when this is coming out, yeah. um, we probably shouldn't do news. Um, True. So <laughs> all right. If you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 13 minutes being, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, not a lot of bullshit, not actually, bad. this week. Uh, just pretty much uh, homework, you know? <laughs> we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the show and assign them to ourselves as we are giving ourselves homework, like I just said. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Speaking of Apple Podcasts and Spotify, if you like us, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, and we will send you a free no-hugging, no-learning sticker free of charge. Just need your mailing address. You can get that to us however you want, email, Twitter, whatever. Um, If you like us a little bit more than that, you can sign up for our Patreon for the low, low price of five bucks a month. You get two movie reviews every single month. You get early releases of the episode every single week. And you get extra bullshit on every single episode. Wow, I'm just realizing every single one of those promises we broke this past week. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsie, but no. Uh, that, that, that's, uh, that's on me. That's because of my, uh, my laptop. Right, uh, right. got a big old virus did i tell you like what oh, no. what the guy said um no. i don't know i don't know what it was from but he said it completely corrupted my operating system oh jeez. um so i'm just gonna guess that it had something to do with updating to windows 11 because hmm. it, it was I, a virus it was a virus yeah uh, it was malware uh, um oh, i don't know geez. what it was um i don't know what happened but it, it happened in that time span of 45 minutes from like time i was working on stuff i went downstairs i think got something to eat came upstairs and it wasn't working Jeez, i don't know but all that being said season two episode 10 the massage original air date november 25th 2001 if you are looking at tv guy that night you are going to see in the season two finale Hmm. larry lands in hot water when cheryl's psychic busts him for getting a naughty massage. It's I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, it's not what happens. <laughs> that's ki- yeah, that's true. That's true. But kind of, but but not really. Yeah, I, I, I'm really on the fence about this, and we'll see if we can make it better at the end. We start uh, with a meeting between Jeff and Larry and Julia and Julia Louis Dreyfus and her agent, and Julia is just dropping out of this show. 
Aren't You Evelyn? Or what, whatever the show is called, by the way, I hate. I think that's such a horrible yeah, title for the bad. show. It's real bad. <laughs> Aren't You Evelyn? You're watching Aren't You Evelyn? Uh, yeah, it's 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 just bad. And also, I don't like the fact that Evelyn was so close to Elaine. Like, I get what they were doing, but it's I don't think you had to make it close to Elaine. People are going to get it, you know. But she, Julia's dropping out because mostly because Larry keeps causing trouble everywhere they go. And, you know, yeah. can't well, do NBC. Now, yeah, they've now screwed the pooch at NBC or no, not even NBC. He just didn't want to go back to NBC. Cheryl out of, won't like, let him. Some some weird. Oh yeah, that's right. Cheryl won't let him go yeah. back to NBC because they're. Uh, environmental terrorists. Yeah. Um, uh, he screwed the pooch at HBO uh, because of, I mean, A, because of his special, but B, yeah. because of just, uh, what was the other petty thing? I totally Well, forget. the shrimp incident. The shrimp incident. That's also right. yelling the C word at My- Michael Halbreich's uh, poker game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they uh, are out at ABC because... Yeah. <laughs> Of the, the Michaelsons and the water bottle in Larry's pants. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Larry doesn't want to go to Fox because he doesn't like their politics. Got to appreciate that. I mean, so that means the only thing left is CBS. And they do talk Julia into pitching CBS. Larry says she doesn't have to be a part of it. Don't even show up to the pitch meeting. I'll do everything from now on. You don't have to worry about it. I'll just take it to CBS and we'll see what they say. So she's down with that. Uh, out on the street after the meeting... Jeff and Larry are walking near a pretty clearly a Barnes and Noble with it's weird when you see a logo that you don't think has changed all that much over the last mm-hmm. 20 years. And then you realize just how much it has. You're like, wow, that that really does look different. Um, but but yet very familiar. The Barnes and Noble that I saw in the background there. Uh, this was the Barnes and Noble Rancho Park, which was at 10,850. That's what I'm going with this week. Uh, West Pico Boulevard. Thanks to the road <laughs> sign. Thanks to the street sign that was also visible. Uh, it closed in 2011. It is, well, It then it was Landmark Theater's West Side Pavilion, which closed, get this, Ted, June 1, 2022. Oh, man. Yeah. This it was like this six weeks ago. Yeah, I know. Six, seven, eight weeks ago. Yeah, wild. Couldn't hold on. And they walk past a guy who's holding a sign outside of a store that says, I am a shoplifter. And Jeff says he read about this kind of sentencing in the news. They call it scarlet letter punishment. And then Jeff and Larry also pass by a guy who works at the restaurant in Jeff's hotel. And Larry says, hello. Oh, hey, how's it going? But they keep walking because Larry could tell that the guy wanted to do a stop and chat. And Larry did not want to do a stop and chat. And Jeff said it was very rude not to just stop and chat with the guy the way he said hello to him and kept walking. And I, I love, though, that Jeff uh, even points out Larry has all these rules and these phrasings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stop and chat. Where do you get this? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's his real, that's the way he really, it wasn't just like a Seinfeld device, like, let's give this weird social interaction a cute name. Mm-hmm. It was Larry David's real life. <laughs> yeah, much like, like Cheryl was saying earlier, she's like, no one knows all of your weird little rules, but you <laughs> yeah. expect everyone to know them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I mean, that goes back to George, and we're living in a society. And like, when you don't follow the rules that he thinks the society is following, uh, you know, Larry gets upset, and George gets upset. But what's weird to me is like, the why didn't the manager want to talk to Jeff? Why didn't he want to stop and chat with Jeff? Like, Jeff could have easily stopped and chatted and said hello. Like, why does this guy know Larry and not Jeff, who is living in the hotel? That's what I didn't oh, get. I why no it was idea. only a Larry thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so back at home, Cheryl and Wanda are stuffing envelopes 
full of what we don't know it doesn't matter it's just something to be doing i guess in the house uh this is wanda sykes by the way she's back and cheryl is going to see her psychic kim and she's amazing she's been spot on about so much stuff she said larry was going to get a hole in one in golf and he did um less impressively she said larry was going to have a bad time in hawaii and he did <laughs> which i liked and also oh that cheryl one of cheryl's friends was going to get pregnant and then boom all of a sudden she she's pregnant I, I liked Wanda's line of saying that she likes the psychic because she doesn't hold back on the bad shit either. You don't yeah, want to hear yeah. the bad shit, but she'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mo- most of them just say the good stuff, but it's all the bad stuff, too. Uh, so they're playing. Uh, Jeff and Larry are playing golf a little bit later, and they are behind this very slow foursome. And Jeff is notices that Larry is just very tense. He can't even relax playing golf. So he's going to treat him to a massage. He has this great masseuse. He's It's on him. He's going to pay for it uh, because Larry is very tense. So tense he can't even, when another uh, twosome comes up behind Jeff and Larry, Larry can't even hit the ball correctly because he can't do it with an audience. He's just too tense. And so Larry does go to get the massage. And he is, first of all, like reliving some weird childhood trauma. Did you say his mom threw him against a brick wall or something? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that was weird. That's a weird riff, <laughs> like to improv. Um, and then the masseuse asks, can I finish you off? And Larry's like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. And she starts jerking him. Uh, Larry sort of comes out of this very relaxed stupor and finally gets her to stop. So over at Jeff's office, uh, by the way, Jeff's fourth office this is the fourth location, by my count, for Jeff's office. <laughs> and we're only at the end of season two. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, come on, another new office? Um, Larry comes in. He barges in on me between Jeff and... Did you recognize this guy? No, I had no idea. Mike I recognize something. this guy. Yeah, Mike. Mike Binder. Yeah, he okay. is a... just. Uh, I, he's a, a big-time... Like uh, like one of those classic, like probably came up with Mark Mark Maron's class of stand up oh, comedian. Okay. Yeah, um, but he's gone on to do so much more. So the show that he's talking about, he's talking to Larry. Uh, he's talking to Jeff about a show because oh, so Larry barges in and lays into Jeff about what happened, and Mike's like, oh, that's funny. On my show, um, someone had a happy ending massage, <laughs> and Larry's like, oh, really? He's like, oh, thanks for watching the show. <laughs> um, the show that he's talking about is all is also on HBO. It's called Mind of the Married Man, and it ran for two seasons. About this this time, this was probably the first season was airing. So with twenty episodes between one and two, the Mind oh of the Married Man God. ran. What was this I, like? Yeah. Unintentional cross promotion? Probably very intentional cross promotion. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. if you know, if Mike Binder is from the same era as I'm thinking, he was probably coming up with Larry in the clubs too. You know. Mm, um, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. he's done. What, yeah, was this very intentional cross promotion? <laughs> really was. Yeah. Um. He. So Mike Binder. Let me just run down. I'll just do some early homework on him just to talk about him because I recognized him. If I didn't recognize him, I'd do this later. He directed Blank Man. Do you remember that <laughs> movie? No. Oh, it's like from the um one of the Wayans brothers is in it. So he did this movie called The Sex Monster in '99. He wrote, directed, and starred in it. It's about him trying to talk his wife into a threesome and then she agrees and uh then you know it may not go as he plans uh ted but i think so that movie i think is kind of where the mind of the married man came from so i think they expounded on the character and and that god that damn. movie it, yeah 
Tim, I'm telling you, we should launch like a side podcast and call it just like Revival of the American Sex Comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and just only <laughs> review American sex comedy movies. Like, that, that's this is one I've never even heard of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was an indie. It like it was a total indie flick, like very under the radar. I probably only caught it because HBO showed it a ton when they bought Mind of the Married Man um, or when they started producing that. He, he, he wrote and directed a movie called The Upside of Anger. Uh, he is in Minority Report. He's Leo Crow, the guy who is going to the guy who Tom Cruise is going to shoot in a Minority Report. If you've ever seen that, uh, he wrote and directed Rain Over Me, which I love. One of the good Adam Sandler movies uh, <laughs> that is not Happy Madison, of course, um, where he, you know, uh, Adam Sandler's family died in 9 11. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and hilarity ensues. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. Uh, he Adam Sandler's it, family died in 9-11. That means he's got to move in with Rob Schneider. Yeah, but they're back. They've possessed the body of Rob Schneider. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> That'd be great. So now he's got to live. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a very sad movie. Don Cheadle's in it, and uh, and Adam gives a great performance. But, um, yeah, so Mike, Mike Binder, very talented. And, uh, but although... He is a very like I don't think he's completely right wing, but he runs this like standupcomedyworld.com website or something, and he's always tweeting like anti-vax stuff, mostly hey. like anti-vax, mostly you know like here's another free thinker or something like that. I'm like, oh no, Mike, I want to hey. like you. Like, don't go down that road. Don't become like the maybe boomer why, Jim Brewer. Maybe that's why I've never heard of him. It's just like a lot of comedians I follow just don't associate themselves with him. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he's also from like an older class, and he's always been kind of like a behind-the-scenes guy. Like, never really made it huge, but but very much like a comics comic, you know, that kind of guy. But uh, so Larry explains what happened, and he's very upset about doing this. And he stopped after twelve pumps. And Mike and Jeff can't believe that uh, that Larry stopped, and and they think it's admirable. And and like you know, your your wife can't be upset about that. And Larry's like, oh, I'm ne- Cheryl will never find out. She will never find out. Uh, I love yeah. I love Jeff yelling. Who stops a whack off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that Larry was like counting pumps too. It's also a funny detail. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh no, twelve. Um, and uh, the tag on this scene, by the way, I loved where Jeff asked Mike, "You want a number?" And Mike goes, "Absolutely." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also have to point out the bullpen in the office. The bullpen full of IMAX. Those like ugly neon. Oh bulbous God, bubbly yeah. macintoshes that came out like around this time the office is full of them so that was great um so at home larry has rushed home to stop cheryl from going to the psychic because he just knows the psychic is gonna gonna pick up on this and and blow his cover to cheryl but uh, cheryl has first of all planned a very nice evening to celebrate the cbs deal because she knows it's going to go through when larry meets with them later they're going to go to a restaurant at the w and Larry does warn. He's like, oh, I don't know about that because there was a, you know, the guy wanted to stop and chat and, uh, and he kind of blew him off. So but Larry, in the meantime, has to worry first about trying to stop Cheryl from going to see the psychic. He tries to initiate sex, which does not work. <laughs> and then he tries to tell her that he found a lump and he's dying and he doesn't want the psychic to tell her that. But she st- she leaves anyway <laughs> over at CBS. Larry and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, who didn't have to show up, but did, did anyway, that's commitment, they are pitching the show to Nora Dunn, who I recognized as the head of CBS, I guess. Did you recognize oh, nice. her? I didn't, know, but 
Um, that that's cool. She's, she's the actual like head of CBS. No, no, she oh. is. She was an actress. She was like a comic ah. actress. Like she was on ah. SNL when I first started watching. So pretty, oh, pretty okay. far. Yeah, pretty long time ago. But uh, well, yeah. then never mind. <laughs> but Larry is just out of it. He's just in a daze, worried about Cheryl finding out. In fact, he even imagines Cheryl and the psychic Kim who is also another character actress that I recognized, I'm sure, from a bunch of stuff. But I don't, I don't even feel like putting it down from homework. Did you recognize this actress? No. She's in a ton. She's just in a ton of stuff as, as this kind of character. In fact, I thought she was from Mad TV at first. I was like, wait, she was on Mad TV. But no, I, she's not. Kim, like, explaining what happened with Larry getting the massage and, and getting the happy ending. But uh, regardless of Larry being out of it, CBS still loves the pitch. They do not say the word green light. Like the ABC Aww. guy, Dude, I know. I, I I just want to point out in my speech to text notes, uh, yeah. more than one instance, uh, instead of correctly putting it as CBS, uh, <laughs> it, my notes say CVS is interesting. Oh, so now I'm just yeah. picturing a CVS owned television network <laughs> where Larry David takes his exclusive new sitcom. I would love that CVS starts their own streaming service where you can watch all of like the shitty $3 DVDs that come in cardboard yeah. that they still sell there. <laughs> yeah, the hot chick and yeah, yeah. they would probably oh, buy they would probably buy the content bundle of like hundreds of films that The Prophecy, the movie we're about to watch for Patreon <laughs> comes with. At home, Larry comes back and Cheryl is sitting on the couch very uh, silently is this stoic? I was trying to think of a good word for the way she's sitting. I don't know if stoic is the right word. She's upset. Uh, she's very passively upset. I don't know. But she tells Larry that she knows everything. Everything that happened. She knows what happened. And Larry asks her what she means. And she said that Kim said Larry is having an affair with a woman with red hair and a star tattoo, which this masseuse did have. Uh, but Larry does wriggle out of it. He does find a way to lie his way out of it to Cheryl's <laughs> satisfaction. Um, yeah, and even like Cheryl brings up, she's like, I mean, even if you were having an affair, you'd be lying about it right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but then he like reverses her weird logic and saying like, yeah, but the fact I'm telling you the truth right now means that I would tell uh, the truth about anything or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's not and something he, I'd lie about. I don't and, know. and he also says like, you have to be cool to have an affair. Like, yeah. do you think honestly <laughs> I would have an affair? I love that. Yeah, I love that. And Cheryl's like, yeah, you're right, kind of to that. <laughs> um, but also, I I liked, I liked the, there's a subtle joke in this episode that I appreciated that Larry calls her an anti, he's like, maybe the psychic's an anti-Semite. You know, maybe she's a Korean <laughs> anti-Semite. And Cheryl's like, she's not Korean. He's like, oh, or her name is Kim. I guess I just thought, like, why does Kim make God. him? I mean, I know why. But yeah. it's just funny that he went there. And so in his imagination, like, that's not the psychic. That was his yeah. imagination and, of the psychic. And even in, <laughs> even in like, the, the like, thought he was having in the yeah. CBS meeting. His imagination, he thinking, yeah. Yeah. He was thinking of a Korean, <laughs> an old Korean woman. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and she's, I wanna she's not. Say, I want to say we've seen that actress before, but I'm not entirely positive. Wait, you know who it is? By the way, because I was like, oh, yeah, that's a character actress, character actress that has been in a ton of stuff. Is that not Jerry Stiller's um, would-be oh wife? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is I it? I think it is. Okay. what? Um, it's the Stop Short episode. That's what I'm going to 
the Fusilli Jerry. What's her name? Amy I, Hill. Okay, because I think I have the wrong episode. Yeah, I think I do. I'll just look up Amy Hill. Yes, she plays Kim in the understudy. It's funny, Kim. She plays Kim <laughs> in the understudy. That's the episode. I was getting it mixed up because she does. He does stop short with her, but it's not the episode where Kramer stops short with Estelle. But I guess stop short was used in a couple of. So yeah, that's her. Wow, we did it, Ted. I knew I recognized her from somewhere. <laughs> Excellent. So at the W Hotel, they're still going to go through with their wonderful evening because CBS picked up the show. And this is the W Hotel in West Beverly Hills. It's still there, the West Beverly Hills location. Ooh. There's two W Hotels in the uh, greater LA area. It is at 930 Hillgard Avenue. And immediately, of course, Larry runs into Rick, who manages the restaurant there that they're going to. And he does give Larry an attitude. And Larry's very upset about he considers it being snubbed. He's like, I'm getting snubbed right now. And Larry is also concerned about the waiting limo driver. What are they supposed to do for him? I mean, are we supposed to, is he just going to wait out there for, he's like, it's going to make me hurry because he's waiting. Like he doesn't know how to act when there's somebody waiting on him. Do do we have to buy him dinner? That's what he's really, (laughs) um, for, for Greg, the limo driver, do we have to get him a doggy bag? And then he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with mine. I'm going to keep this shrimp and this, this little bit here. And, and I'm going to bag that up for him. And I love that he, how he guilts Cheryl into, he's like, are you going to eat that shrimp? And Cheryl's like, yes, of course I'm going to finish my dinner. He's like, okay. He's like, cause you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take some out to the driver. So if you're not going to finish that, are, are, you, are you really going to finish that? And I, I heard response here. No, I'm going to give it to the limo <laughs> driver. <laughs> Just excellent. So Larry does bring the leftovers out to the limo driver who is kind of bummed that, they're leftovers, but he is appreciative, except that there's no fork or napkin. So Larry goes back in for a fork, and he's confronted by Rick. after he, So he takes a, a napkin and a fork, and he wraps him up and puts him in his pocket. And he's confronted by Rick, who accuses him of stealing, and he calls the police on Larry, who show up and, like, literally offer, like, uh, cite him and, uh, you know, give him a summons to appear in court for stealing a fork from the hotel. Outside, Larry apologizes to the driver Greg for all, you know, waiting even longer because of this whole ordeal as Cheryl spots Jeff leaving the W hotel where he's living with a redheaded woman. And Cheryl asks the woman if she has a star tattoo, which she does. It's at this point that Larry pokes his head out of the limo and the masseuse recognizes Larry and in court for stealing the fork. Larry is wearing a giant suit jacket, just Absolutely, maybe the biggest one we've ever seen. <laughs> like this looks like a Nathan for you bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a Talking Heads concert. It looks like David Byrne's <laughs> suit in uh, Stop Making Sense. It's that big and gray. And if I was better at Photoshop, I would make one of those tweet chains where it, for every ten likes, I will make Larry's jacket <laughs> suit jacket ten times bigger. Where eventually the Earth is wearing Larry's suit jacket, and he's pleading his case. You know about he was trying to do something nice for the working man and, and getting something to eat and um, and also you know uh, you know he he plays the Jewish angle up to to what he perceives as a fellow Jewish person uh, and the judge though is not hearing it he sentences sentences him since a fine would be meaningless to wear an I steal forks from restaurant sign outside of the W hotel and so we cut to that scene. 
that just happens to be on the same night as the W Hotel Network Symposium. Apparently, so, yeah. god damn. No, there was a sign like uh, that like zooms oh. in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I must yeah. not have paid attention to that. Yeah. I thought that was because yeah. Otherwise, it would just be a weird coincidence. But no, everybody and That's I liked I how the, I thought it was just yeah. a really weird coincidence that everyone from Larry's past was showing up. No, when when after the HBO people get out, they zoom in on this sign that says W Hotel Network Symposium or something like that. <laughs> and so yeah, everybody from HBO gets out. Hall Bryce and even the sh- the guy who stole the shrimp and and Larry's wearing this giant sign. And then the people from and he he does yell at them like. Oh, how, how do you like uh, how did you like that shrimp that you stole from me? And then the people from ABC get out of the car, and Larry starts yelling again that it was a water bottle in his pants, nothing else. But then also when they don't, you know, listen to his excuses, he also yells insults at everybody. I forget what he yells at the at the, at the ABC people, but the, even the CBS people get out and they uh, look disapprovingly at Larry as Frolic begins to play, and that is the end. Of season 10. Oh boy. All right. What do we got this week for homework to take us in to season three? I did not write anything down. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you like for cover art this week? I mean, I always just instantly go to the titular scene. Do you think there's a good shot of Larry getting jerked off? I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't know if Apple Podcasts would like that. Oh, right, I mean, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not like, uh, is Dick's not out? So nope. I guess you could just say like, oh, no, she's massaging his inner thigh. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, a hand under a towel. So it might work. Yeah, what do you think? It's just, I, I I don't know. I had an idea of like maybe the, uh, the thought of Cheryl at the oh, yeah. at the psychic because it has like this weird like effect on it and I'm like yeah, oh, that yeah. looks kind of cool but yeah like I don't know a if hazy I'll be able to make that dream work. dream effect yeah, yeah. I, I I can see one of those I can make work cool I I will uh, try not to have Larry David dick out on our cover <laughs> art though <laughs> let's see what we can do about this week's description though all right. So we had, in the season two finale, Larry lands in hot water when Cheryl's psychic busts him for getting a naughty massage. I mean, elephant in the room, that's not what happens. She busts him for having an affair. Yeah, which is which is just semantics. I mean, yeah. I think Larry was able to willy out, wiggle out, willy out, Larry's willy was out. <laughs> I think Larry was able to wiggle out truthfully because, but then it's like, what's your, I, you know, I hate to take it back to the 90s and, and Clinton again, but what's your definition of affair? You know, like, was it in a, it wasn't an emotional affair. It There was physical, con- like Cheryl still wouldn't be pleased and Larry knows that. But affair, I guess, is is the wrong word. Um, But so... I think we can all just, I think we can take this back to the massage and like just build it from the ground up and go, you know, Larry's life, well, maybe this, all right, maybe this is just a good jumping off point, but Larry's life is complicated by, I don't know if we just want to say a massage or or Jeff treats Larry to a massage that complicates his life. Something like that. Yeah, I think that works. I don't even know if we need Jeff treats Larry to a massage. It's just kind of a way to to get into that because that's such a i'm like i think about what they had to do to get that scene like they had to go to a golf course go to the middle of the golf course just to like set up that larry's too tense like jeff could have said that anywhere you know yeah but he had to do it in a golf (laughs) course um so you know 
Larry's life is complicated by a, do we want to say naughty massage? Yeah. yeah. Larry's life is complicated by a happy ending. Yeah, I think you have to put massage in there because happy ending sounds, I mean, that, that'd be very, it's teasy, but it doesn't let you really know what kind of happy ending it is. You know, people mm. just might go, happy ending, It's the show had a happy, show's going to have a happy ending or something, you know? I mean, it is, it is the season finale. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the happy ending would have been a great uh, name for this episode. It it, w- it would. I mean, we Maybe could always on the nose. We could always uh, just say uh, season two comes to a finish. Uh, <laughs> I like uh, I like massage, and and we can put naughty massage in there if if we want, or we can add happy ending massage. What about erotic massage? Yeah, it's not really an erotic massage. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's just her jerking him off at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so what do we got? What do we got? Larry's life is complicated by a naughty massage. Yeah, I, I think that works. I don't think Sweet. we need to keep thinking about it. Sweet. All right. So, uh, do you want to do our top three episodes of the season today? Do you want to do them next week? I'm I'm down to do them next week. Okay, I was going to say I, I, I had them ready, but I will wait until next week because okay. I can tell you this episode is not on it. It's yeah. not in my top, not even my top five. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know. I liked I it. I liked it fine, but it, it's not, it wasn't star worthy for me, but I had exactly. a good time. It was I'm, a great baseline episode. I am in the same boat. And you know what? I guess I can do, I, I'm in the same mindset, I guess, uh, from when we were doing Seinfeld of like, oh, I got to go through all these episodes that I like. No, especially not with season two. I am ready to do <laughs> mine if you want to go first. All right. All right. Cool. I'll do it. Yeah. Here's my, here's my top three from three to one. Uh, number three is The Doll. People think it's, some people think it's the best, IMDb reviewers believe it's the best episode of Curb to ever exist. It, it certainly was one of the best so far. It gives great, we really get our, our we're being introduced to what Susie is going to be and it comes full circle and it's, it's all great. Uh, number two is The Baptism. And Ooh. number number one is Shaq. Okay, my yeah. uh, my my list is very similar to yours. I will do the doll at number three. Um, I don't remember what I liked about it. Oh, the, oh, this was oh, okay. Obviously, this was the Larry puts his the doll down his pants and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the ABC episode. Okay, so yeah, I will put the doll at number three. I'm gonna do the shrimp incident at number two. Aha. Uh-huh. Another another one that you left off. I well, think. it was my if I had to do four, it was my number was, four because it's interesting. Mm. Uh, next to that star said number two, but next to the star on the baptism also said number two. So uh, yeah, I know. I was okay. so the, the more recent two superseded the. But when we watched the shrimp incident, I was like, this is going to be a solid again, a solid <laughs> number two in my top three uh, later on. But I think it got bumped probably for the doll. Um, yeah. If anything, yeah. It, it was down between the shrimp incident and the doll because I liked the like the baptism better. But no, the the shrimp incident and trick or treat were my uh, were my honorable mm, mentions. By okay. the way, and then no surprise if you listen to us cover this episode, number one for me as well is episode eight, Shack. Gotta be nice, perfect top threes. I think can't argue All with right. can't argue with anything. All right. Well, next week maybe we've got <laughs> season season three, episode one. Chet's shirt. Original air date, September 15th, 2002. My future wedding anniversary. 
by so how, 17 years. Uh, happy early anniversary. Uh, how how much time has passed since this epi- since the season two finale and this one? Uh, this episode was November 25th, oh 2001. Uh, so Almost a year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. You're getting into, uh, I think, a normal TV schedule here. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I sounded shocked saying almost a year, but it just seems <laughs> like I don't know. It's a, it's a, the fall season, you know. Yeah, coming back. I guess for such short seasons, middle too. of September. I guess the the weird thing is like, you know, you feel like a show ends in June and then starts up again in September or something weird like that. You know, yeah, but for like a, a normal show... like network twenty six episode run, you could definitely see that. But like yeah. with Curb, it's just taken that that uh, uh, holiday hiatus for like a mid season. And then yeah. just not coming back. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is a long time between episodes. So I, I guess my almost a year is yeah. is re- almost a year between the season two finale and the season one premiere is kind of weird. Yeah. 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 I'll, but not for I'll not for this show that. and not for HBO and cable and stuff like that. But it's like, wow. Yeah. Well, if you are looking in TV Guide the night of September 15th, 2002, you are going to see in the season three premiere, Larry and Jeff invest in a restaurant with Ted Danson. Another Ted Danson appearance. Hey, yeah, I think I remember this episode. I think this storyline is going to take up the bulk of the season. Yeah, so I remember a lot about this little restaurant storyline. And yeah, Ted Danson is also going to be, I think, a huge part of the show moving forward. So I'm psyched. All right, we don't have to wait a year for it. We'll do it. Who knows when? <laughs> hopefully, we don't have to wait a year for it. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can get all my all my shit downloaded again. Yeah. Uh, so is that it? Yeah, I believe that is it. All right. For no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.